Although I do think it's going to be kind of a sex free for all starting oh. at the beginning. Are you talking about when we get out of this? Yeah. Oh, it is going to be bacchanal. <laughs> it's going to be. I mean, I'm a little jealous, quite frankly. The STI rate is going to skyrocket. It's going to skyrocket, so use protection. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. As always, you can send your questions to Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram and Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me there if you want to be coached privately or on the show anonymously or not. We have an amazing guest today. We're going to be answering a bunch of listener questions as well as just getting his take on life. His name is Tim Drucker. His Instagram is TDrux. Do yourself a favor and follow it. He's amazing. Um, basically, just an artist friend of mine that I've had for many, many years. And if there's one person, who I think does life right, if that's a thing, it's Tim. And that's largely because he believes in himself and his decisions. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into all that. But I thought he was the perfect person for us to answer some listener questions and uh, have a good time, which we did. And we'll definitely have him back because I'm sure you're all going to love him. So listen up, get ready, and send us your questions, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com and not your therapist podcast on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much. Here we go. Yay, we're here. I'm so excited. I can't believe I've never had you on the show before. It's really shameful. So this was actually, I think I'm kind of using this time of like, quote, making new episodes to really just talk to all my favorite people that I would be seeing if I was in New York right now. Anyways, welcome to the show. First time ever. Am I supposed Definitely. to like interject? No. I don't know. We don't have a... This, this won't make it to air anyway. Historically, we don't we don't broadcast the podcasts we bank. Okay. Well, we're starting <laughs> off with some bitterness, apparently. No, I'm not bitter. I think it's hilarious that we, that we once recorded like an entire... Tim and I and had guests. We had this, several serious guests. <laughs> this is Tim Drucker, ladies and gentlemen, and people everywhere. Um, he has a man bun. He's fabulous. He's in his gorgeous Brooklyn home. And we once recorded a podcast not long after this podcast started called Not Your Life Coach. Oh. I was like, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> and what did we do? Like five or six episodes and they never well, went to Well, the air. funniest thing was I was in town working and so I extended a That's few true. days. <laughs> so we could work on it. I mean, let's be real. I just extended a few days so we could like party. But like... So we could hang out. But I mean, maybe one day. No, it's hilarious. Craig messaged me yesterday and was like, let's do a versus about the Broadway shows we saw. And I was like, yeah, we can we can play that unedited uh, Cats, unreleased Cats yes, trailer. Yes, we talked about the Cats film. <laughs> we can't talk about Cats. That's how 2020 started. So. Oh, my God. That's right. That's what led in all the chaos. Yeah. Um, great. Sorry. Well, this is your that, show. This, this is, my is your sh show. This is my show. And I've ruined it. But you're here, and I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. If there's one word I would use to describe Tim Drucker, it would be aspirational whoa <laughs> whoa you're the third person to tell me that this week well everyone wants to be you what can i say you no just i have... just i just i have a style guide that people should follow 
That's true. Tim has a lifestyle <laughs> guide. If you're not following him on Instagram, which like you're probably not, uh, unless you're like our friends, um, you should because it's the most entertaining. I pretty much check only in, check Instagram only to look at your story and then I put it away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I need to know what Tim's doing. Also, I get my current events from you. If I don't know about something happening in like the pop culture slash Broadway slash whatever world, you're there. There is, um, there is uh, the, the way the synapses fire, there is no uh, lag time between me creating content and posting. There's no That's so <laughs> true. And you can feel it, which is what makes it so great. Yeah, it has I'm energy. just like, I'm inside Tim's mind and I love it. So we'll just start off by saying your Instagram is Tdrux. Uh, yes, that is what it is. Tdrux. Follow, 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 yeah. because he's amazing. I went, um, I went private just for this week. You did? Why? Well, because I was up to no good. Oh dear! I was, you know, I successfully canceled someone on Twitter, so I just had to go private. Well, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tim's so cool. Like half the time, the stuff you post, I'm like, can you explain? Because no, I'm no, not. It's so on. niche. The theater stuff's far too niche, but it, there, a lot of people really it helps them. So Tim's eating lunch right now. Um, no, I just have to. You know, I'm I'm trying to gain more muscle, so I just I have to get like 400 grams of carbs a day. It's crazy. See, aspirational. Yeah. How was your Christmas? It was great. Uh, we picked up my dog from my parents yesterday who had him for two weeks because we went on a secret vacation great. that I did not post on social media. Um, and uh, my parents got bagels and we had a bagel Christmas. And then we decided that we should only do bagel Christmas from now on because who else wants to, like, why, why were we, I don't eat ham. So um, it was yeah. lovely. How was yours? Mine was great. I'll just give some background that Tim is married to a beautiful, wonderful, highly observant Jewish man. Mm -hmm. Well, highly observant. He is. Well, his family is highly observant. He's more like. He keeps kosher. He keeps kosher. But his family is observant. And then you technically are your family is Christian scientist. Yeah. And it's been uh, it's been an interesting week in the Christian science world. Really? I know nothing about. Well, uh, just because I, I called my grandma and I was like, hey, to thank her for my birthday gift. And I said, um, can I just ask you something, grandma? And uh, are you going to get vaccinated? Because, you know, she's a Ooh, yeah, Christian powerful Christian scientist. Wow. And she goes, no, no. And I go, oh, OK, well, I, you know, I respect your uh, I respect your beliefs. And she goes, I have my own protections. But my aunt found literature that says she can get vaccinated. So now my grandma's probably will get vaccinated. Wow. But I swiftly changed the conversation to be like, I'm, I'm talking to a medium in an hour, grandma. And she's like, why are you doing that? So whatever. It's not Do Christian scientists also not believe in mediums? I think, uh, well, well, then I told my aunt that my grandma was upset. I was contacting a medium and she said, Christian scientists do not, be- do not believe you should engage in necromancy. Oh. Who knew? But Who I knew even what necromancy is? Certainly not me. Um, so anyways, Tim is hilarious. No oh. one's getting sex advice today. No one. We're just keep talking about nonsense. We're not talking no, no, about we're doing program. advice. <laughs> but you have this wrong idea that this is a sex advice podcast and you always say that. <laughs> You're like, no. everyone asks me questions for the sex advice I'm going on. And I'm like, yes, we will definitely talk about sex if people have you know a sex question. what the best question? part about that is? 
You're, this is the only podcast of my friends that I actually listen to. So yeah. it's not even like I'm like, I listen to it. But you're just in no, your mind. Dating, you're like, no, no, it's a dating okay. advice podcast. I get that. And I, and I, and relationships. And relationships. And I love, no, that, and there's some great stuff about relationships. And I love listening to this podcast because I think it's A, because I feel like I'm getting free playtime with you. I feel like I'm with you, which is why I love it. But um, I think as a, it's also like if you are a friend of s several single people, I think it's nice to like kind of know what, like what is happening. It feels very of the moment. That's you know? really nice. Especially when the pandemic started and you mm. were talking to people. I was, cause it helped me be a better friend to my single friends, you know? Cause it's I love that. not an easy year for single people. It is not. And this is, I love that this, that makes this show a show for single allyship. Yeah, it really, I, I, seriously, yeah. Which yeah. I do think as people in relationships or whatever, it's very easy to forget that and to just be like, not feel like you can relate to your single friends or, or your single friends don't feel like you can relate to them. They feel like you don't understand. And I think we can all remember those times. Mm -hmm. Those times. I mean, that was most of my life and I loved it. So here we are. Um, to answer your question, my Christmas was good. We're Jewish, obviously, but... Yeah, so you made Matt make you a cake. Well, Matt, I told him a few days ago that he needs to make special occasions more special for me. So <laughs> because I need... you like Larry telling me that I need to be better at, like, giving gifts and stuff. Yeah, and I mean... Though, it's amazing I'm still married. Like, I'm, I bring nothing and he brings nothing. You say that all the time, but you bring your shining personality. I walk the dog. And yeah. he's so lucky. And you take care of the dog. Um, and you have a man bun. And you're deliciously sexy. So, like, you bring plenty. But um, I was talking to my mom as I was walking back from my haircut today because I had to get the sides faded. Looks so good. I was like, oh, I just got a haircut. And she's like, because I saw yesterday. And she goes, how much did you take off? And I, I was like, thanks for the note, mother. The top <laughs> The man stays, bun mother. remains. It's beautiful. Um, I never thought you were going to be a top knot person. But it works so well. This is called... 2020. Yeah. I yeah. get it. Although I kind of yeah. like it. You know, the thing is I love it. It works for you. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I told Matt a few days ago that like I'm just like a very special occasion person. I like any reason to celebrate, whether it's my holiday or not, whether it's my birthday or not. I like to do special things. And especially in 2020, I feel like anything we can do to make the day special. And he's just like kind of a more obviously relaxed and normal person. And so he doesn't think about that stuff. So I kind of like really kind of let loose on him in a, I think, kind way of just being like, you're amazing at the everyday, but I just need to feel like I do special things for him. I go out of my way and I was like, I feel like I need that a little. So yesterday he brought me coffee with eggnog in bed and some chocolate. Oh, so that sweet is so decadent it was so delicious and decadent then i came downstairs and he had unloaded the dishwasher reloaded the dishwasher scrubbed the sink with bleach Whoa. taken the trash out cleaned all the kitchen counters and then and you guys are homeowners now so you got to do those yeah, activities we have to do yeah. those activities and then proceeded to make a delicious chocolate hazelnut cake which he doesn't bake so like mm. this was what just i love him. about matt is when I meet my friends, new whatever's, boyfriends, girlfriends, peoples, I have one of two reactions, which is whoop or <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> and Matt was definitely a 
What a relief. <laughs> <laughs> because I had plenty of the other one before him. Yeah. With da- sure. da- my friendship with Dahlia, if we were to do a timeline, it'd be like, whoop, 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 What a relief. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. It, you've seen it all, people. Um, but he he did amazing and he made sure to make the day really special for me. And then his sister came over because she lives in town. Oh. And um, she came over and I made eggnog white russians that were delicious Whoa. and i may have had too many yeah they were wow and we ordered sushi and we watched basketball oh, we ordered that's... indian yeah that's what and we it do came way faster Fridays. than normal and we thought huh oh. <laughs> i was still spinning when it came oh my gosh what'd you do you had to get off the bike no no, no. you just let it get cold it didn't get cold okay that's what's nice about sushi it doesn't get cold um and we had a lovely time and we watched that new Pixar movie that wasn't very good. Oh, wait. And... Oh, is it called Soul? Yeah, it's not good. Oh, I saw people posting about it yesterday. No, it's not good. Okay. Some of some, well, the people were like, this is the best movie ever. They were drunk. Well, these aren't people. I don't trust most people. So. Yeah, okay. It wasn't good. Anyways, now I want to talk about me and you. Yeah. Which is Tim and I have been friends now for 17 um... years. Whoa, uh, probably ish, yeah. 16 to ish. 17. Yeah, yeah. That we really met and bonded at NYU School for Acting when we went on a crazy summer semester in Amsterdam. You can imagine what we were doing there. You know, we joke about it because we all were um, stoned the whole time. However, mm-hmm. we went to like eight hour, eight to 12 hours of training every single day true. for like we six hard. to seven weeks with I think like four days off. So it was pretty serious. Yeah, we, it was very serious, but we were high we were, the whole time. We were high the whole time. Yeah. But it solidified our friendship <laughs> We were, high the, we were so high. Yeah. We were so high. I think because I think we were so high that even when we were training, we were still high. And especially if you look we at them. We would go to training high and then we would take a nap during that. <laughs> Remember like, that family just, dinner thing you, you did where my nipples good. were just out? I think we were Mormons and I directed We were Mormons. Yeah. And for some reason, I was the teenage daughter whose nipples were just out the whole meal. Well, I think it was, um, I don't know what rule that utilized, but yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then I did a family dinner thing in a musical I wrote where Tim played my dad and he mm. got a blowjob from a cat. It was great. College <laughs> yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom, your, was... your family loved that show. Yeah, they did. They came to every They, they had no notes about me getting a blowjob from your family cat. They never would. They would, they support. They support me. They love. Okay. Anyway, so then we were friends for life. Then we graduated college, sadly. And as Tim said, I had quite the roller coaster. Now, I have to say, I was never aware of your dating life until you met Larry, who is now your husband. Like, I didn't know if you were dating. I didn't know if you were sexually active. You never talked about it. When we were in college, I, I just assumed you kind of were like not interested in dating and were just like focused on your career. Tim's a very successful director, by the way. In college? No. Well, in date? No, in college, I, I just hooked up with every single person in my class. I just didn't know because you never, you were so sneaky about it. You didn't well, share anything. you know, because the thing is when everyone got to NYU, they're like, oh my God, gay people. But I was like, I went to theater camp since I was 11. So like, let's just get this over. Like it was section. There was no sexual awakening. I was like, you guys are really behind. Um, Did you then, ever come out to your parents? Or were you just like born out? <laughs> oh, you want, you want to you hear the rebel? You want to hear how I 
didn't come out to my parents. Yeah, you could do. I've never well, asked. When I was in, when I was in um, freshman year of high school, maybe my my mom's sister came out um, and basically revealed that her uh, quote unquote roommate of the last like two decades was uh, her partner, and everyone was stunned, which was like you gotta be kidding me the, the, like they literally were like an SNL sketch of like lesbians and then and then my other aunt who lives in the city said well my personal trainer says it's easier if everyone in the family comes out at once and and your son is gay Tim's gay so why don't you get him to come out also so we can and do how it old once. were you like 14 or 15 okay. whoa but I'd been out since I was like probably 12 or 13 at summer camp so that I, I knew I was gay but um so my mom said you know uh your aunt says you should come out. Are you gay? And I said, no. Mm -hmm. So then I just thought we weren't talking about it. So then um, I was home for the summer freshman year of college and I was writing a novel. I was writing a novel about 9-11. Oh. <laughs> I, my person, uh, it was a fictionalized but real novel about my experience, 9-11, and working on the stock exchange. And because my dad worked there and I worked there in the summers, which is a whole other uh, toxic masculinity experience. But uh, my mom decided while I was out one night to go to my computer and read the novel, which oh. I think maybe there was a passage about homosexuality in it. And the next day she confronted me and said, I read your novel. And I said, oh. And she said, are you gay? And I said, yes. Okay. And then um, she said, well, we're not going to tell your father. And um, I think she like cried and said, like, is it because of me you hate women? And then um, <laughs> and I was like, you're so selfish. And then, um, and, then, and then my dad came home and she said, I told your dad. <laughs> and then my dad processed it way more healthily and cried because he didn't want me to get AIDS. Aww. And then we were over it. It was like a weird four hours. Wow. Yeah. I'd say that's like a pretty strange strange <laughs> but kind of like quick and dirty oh yeah yeah it was fine and now they're fine no it's literally like a comedy you know yeah. like it's like thank you for this material i feel like that's a lot of your life is thank you for this material but you're yeah. also just so good at finding material in life I um i realized i didn't say like why you're on the show and what we're doing so i don't know either I'm just well my... basically because you're aspirational and I think you live your life in a really wonderful way. And that's why we tried to start a podcast called Not Your Life Coach, but life happened. But we believe Tim is really good at life. I believe Tim is really good at life. And I've always wanted to have him come on and one, talk about his experiences with dating, which I've never heard about. Um, and two, we have a bunch of listener questions that we're going to get to. We're going to power through. We're going to do the best we can. And I just feel like, Tim's going to have a unique take because we actually disagree sometimes. And I think that'll oh, yeah. be interesting. I mean, you don't have to disagree with me, but you might. And then we should talk about it because Tim's like much more like he's like very straightforward. He doesn't really have like second guessing of his own opinions, whereas I second guess everything. Tim's just like this, this, this. And one time, like a couple years ago, you were like, well, I'm a Sagittarius. So just like everything goes right for me. And I mm -hmm. kind of believe that, even though I'm generally not an astrology person with you it seems real it's interesting you say that i had this incredible reading with a medium last week um and he said that that decision making ability i have that i think is just normal he said the way i do it is i have to listen to the audio of it something it's um it's a it's a uh, elevated ability kind of thing it is like it is this level of confidence and conviction that is just so 
like inborn. Like there's no think, way to achieve. I think it's it. Christian Science pragmatism. I think really, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. your whole family like that? Uh, my sister and I are not similar at all as like what we like, you know, like what we're into. But we, um, the way our brains operate, are very similar. And I, I just have to think it's because of because of going to that church. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe in religion. And it and it also applies to your dating life. I'll say because, like I said, you never. Yeah, even no. You mentioned... think I didn't date? I was always going on dates. Right. However, I was never in relationships because I would be like, and not in like I have to get married way, but I would just be like, this isn't the person. So why would I waste the time? So it right. was, uh, you know, it's hard to remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure I don't think I went on many second dates. Yeah, no, which Larry, is amazing. And then, I, and then Larry and I were like married. <laughs> like you kind of approached your dating life in the exact opposite way that that I did, and in the exact opposite way that I tell most people to, which is like spaghetti at the wall, give people a chance, like go on more than but one date. But you're right about that. But you're right. No, I am. But yeah. you, you, and maybe some other people like you. I mean, I wish I had your uh, ability. I would not suggest what I mean. It's easy to, in hindsight to be like, well, that worked out because I found, you know, my yeah. soulmate. But I don't know. I listen to you, when I listen to you give advice, I'm like, that is correct. How funny I didn't do that. But I also don't listen to it and be like, I wish I did it. I totally. know I wasn't supposed to. No, you to, did what I was right for you. I would never recommend other people go about it the way I did. <laughs> Unless if they have your if they have it, but, oh. conviction, which yeah. I'll just say like. But then people might mislead themselves to think they have the conviction. Right. And no, and that's all the, all the opportunities. We should just all assume we don't have Tim's conviction. No. He has a higher level of ability. I mean, if you and... see a genuine red flag, you shouldn't lean in. Right. <laughs> well, and also you shouldn't. I'm always discouraging people away from the like. I just knew it. He was my soulmate. Or like, I just felt it. Cause I'm like, you probably are feeling something else you're familiar with feeling without enough information. Whereas you were like, no, I had the information. Whereas like everyone else in college came to me for dating advice. And we would talk about that stuff. You never, ever once. And then after college, many years, you were like, oh yeah, this guy, Larry, I'm dating. He's my soulmate. And I was like, whoa, okay, we'll see. And then guess what? He was your soulmate and you're married now. Like, that was really amazing to me. And you're the only person I would accept that narrative from. Mm, wow. What a compliment. It's true. Although knowing everyone I went to college with. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not a read on the people I went to college with. That's no, just a read we, on people who go and get a BFA. And, well, uh, and including me, we're like too, yeah. like I'm too good at seeing the gray area. I can see things from every way and I have a terrible time making decisions. Mm. And I had to date every single type of person and make every possible mistake before I was like, I've done it. And now I'm I can kind of, feel you know, okay. I'm, I, I would say not in a dating way. I don't think many people take dating advice from me, but my actor friends, I, I feel like I am like a career coach all the time. And I often have to make the decision. I have to get, I have to make the people can't make decisions. And I right. You are amazing at it. And you're always just like, I figured it out. This is the thing. And again, you're the only person that I would be like, Tim figured it out. This is the sure. thing. Like, I get it. I hope that one day I need to ask you something. I'm sure I, I have. I will. Sure. And I have. But I also just like value your opinion very much. Like when you met Matt and you were like, oh, yes, good. I was like, great. <sighs> I mean, yeah, he's whatever. But I what also was happy that I didn't feel like I had to suggest that you seriously pursue it. You yeah. know? No, we were there. We I'm got sure it. I was like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> I know. I know for a fact I was like, this is the person. 
But also, I really loved how in fooled. all of my other horrible, not all horrible, but mo- many varying relationships, you were always like, mm-hmm, this is, I'll be an audience member It is for not this. your business to tell people that they're with the wrong person. That is so true. Job. That is so true. You cannot, I've always said, you cannot tell someone to break up with someone. It doesn't oh, work and they'll end up hating you. I've only done it once. I've done it once. Did I it work? Yeah. It because was, it's but, you. It worked. No, no. It was, I had to get this friend out of this relationship and they just weren't going to themselves. And it, and when you said like, you have to get out, they did. I, yeah, I, I very much helped them get out of it yeah. and they needed, it was, it was, it's hard. It wasn't like definition of abusive. Do you know what I mean? But it just mm-hmm. wasn't healthy for them. Yes, totally. Yeah. Totally. But that was the only, that was the only and last time I will do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you can do when a friend is in a very not great relationship is just be there for them and listen with as little judgment as possible because you want them to feel like they can come to you no matter what happens because that's how you can keep them safe and if they feel like you can't do they can't do that they're not going to come to you and you won't be able to help them and they need to know too that no matter what happens yeah you're still going to be their friend and you're going to support them so that when you're there yeah i had witnessed a friend basically getting physically abused and another friend and I had reached out to several counselors about how, and they basically said, you can, there isn't, you cannot extricate them from this relationship. You totally. just have to be available. So yes. And, and luckily that you can't make someone leave. Oftentimes when they do leave, not to get, we're getting very heavy, but like the fact of abusive relationships, it takes like an average of seven times to leave or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Oftentimes, what keeps knowing when there... to leave may be the best thing anyone can ever learn. I'm just uh, that's from. Um, okay, we're gonna do just, that. I'm transitioning. Um, you said it got too dark, so I was elevating us out of the energy. Okay, but I needed to theater. finish my thought. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm just saying. If you want to burst into Broadway songs, just like take a beat. <laughs> okay. Anyways, last word on the dark place is oftentimes people don't leave because it would actually be more dangerous for them to leave. So you just have to be supportive. You can offer them resources and you can be like, no matter what you decide, I'm your friend and I'm here for you. And I love you. That's it. And then when they're out, you aren't like, I told you so I knew that was a bad relationship. You're like, I love you and I support you and I totally am here for you. And that's it. That's all. You you keep a scorecard of the times you were right. Yes. You keep it in a safe deposit box and at your funeral service, you include it in the pamphlets. Ooh. I like that. What do you? No, we won't go there. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Anyways, let's get back to your dating life that I never heard about. What was it? Like? So you slept with everyone in your class in college, but without no, even knowing. Slept? No, oh, I said sorry. I hooked up. Oh, sorry. There's a difference. I don't. Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't think I really had sex in college. Like, like was I had penetrating? No. No. Okay. I was far too serious about learning how to be an actor. How many straight people were you, quote, straight people were you hooking up with? Why would I? No, I never hooked up with a closet. I'm just wondering if there were any like closeted people that were. Uh, like... No, I, I definitely, I definitely was that not attracted to that energy. That's good. That actually makes sense for you because yeah. you're an uncomplicated person. Wow. It's true. You don't like like drama. You wouldn't be like, oh, this complicated situation. <laughs> I don't like drama. Hard. I did not make my Instagram private to cancel a celebrity. <laughs> okay, well, you like that kind of drama, but you don't yeah. choose to bring drama into no. your own life. No, 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 no. 
I have, I, I, I think I have a wildly undramatic marriage. I, we've never had like a, like a, what I think one would consider like a fight. A fight with no, your I husband? Don't. I don't, you know, no, I don't think so. You guys don't fight? Fight? No. I don't think we've ever had like a real, I'm trying to think if we've ever had like a real fight. Maybe we had one. No, we've like, maybe we've had a few heated discussions. We've never really had enough. Yeah, I feel like you guys would have more of like a. Philosophical debate. Yeah, philosophical, <laughs> like a little bit spiked, like pointed discussion. Neither of us is interested in getting mad ever. It's just That's, not our MO, yeah. I love know? to get mad. It's a problem. Yeah, well. Yeah. But, but Matt, yeah. he doesn't let me. He's always just like, what are you doing? Yeah, Matt's like Larry. Yeah. We're definitely the. Yes. Yeah. We're the. We're the fire, the fire signs of our marriage. Yeah. yeah, whether we are, I wouldn't know. I'm Sagittarius. I, I don't know that much about myself. Um, wait, can I tell you? After Matt made that beautiful cake for me, it had this like sugar on top that stayed like white after it was in the oven, and I was like, I don't know if that sugar is supposed to be white because I'm a baker, and so I was like mm. trying to tell him what to do, and he was like, Well, it's white in the picture, so I think it's fine. And I was like, mm. and then when it was time for dessert, I was like, I don't really don't want to eat raw sugar. Can we like? I think it needs to be caramelized. Can we like put it in the oven, like put it in the broiler? And he was like, I don't think we need to. And I was like, no, we're doing it. And I put it in the broiler and he was like, okay, how long? And I was like, I don't know, a couple minutes, left it, came back to get it. It was on fire. <laughs> I felt so So what bad. do you mean you can't eat raw sugar? <laughs> I mean, no one wants to eat the white, like no one would eat just like table sugar. Out of a spoon. Oh, it wasn't like confectioner sugar. No, it was like oh. granulated sugar. And so I was like, we have to caramelize. And then I just might have left it for too long. I still thought it tasted really good. And I would rather eat burnt caramelized sugar than raw sugar. But he was mad at me. He was like, do you know what you would have done if you made me a beautiful cake? And then I lit it on fire. And I was like, we don't have to talk about that. I love you. Bye. Love. <laughs> he really puts up with a lot. It's a beautiful thing. But now, like, I definitely have to, like, bring him breakfast in bed and do his laundry a bunch of times to apologize. You guys with this breakfast in bed, you're like some... It's so nice to, like, get coffee in bed. It's so nice. Yeah, I have a dog, so that's not on the Oh, right, you can't do that. That's why Apparently you can train your dog to not make you walk at the moment you wake up, but that that, that ship has sailed. Yeah, your dog has trained you to walk (laughs) it. Okay, anyways, back to your dating life. Then after college, what happened? Like, what was this? There was this, like, period I don't know about. It's so weird. I don't really remember. Um, I mean, after college, I was so focused on my career. I I will say this. The period post-college up until meeting my husband, I was probably, mm, I probably started dating more, like, dating on, like, apps or whatever, Mm -hmm. which also were, like, when I was doing it, it was, like, okay, Cupid online. Like, we're talking, this is, like, 10 years ago. You didn't have Grindr yet, right? Grinder, I I missed out. I I didn't have Grinder until like right around when I met my husband. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, we. How met old him. were you when you met him? How much after college was it? Twenty eight or twenty. We've been together. I think I was. He's my Saturn return, so I think I was just oh. about to turn twenty nine. It was twenty twelve. We met in June of twenty twelve. So how many years ago is that? Eight years ago? Eight and a half years ago? Eight and a half years ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And okay. So you, you had been on the OkCupid online a little bit, uh, but obviously there was nothing of no, no I you- was using OkCupid to go on dates and they would be like first dates mm-hmm. and maybe I would go on second dates. And I, but I only probably did that from like, 
probably like 26. I probably only did a, honestly, a couple of years. It's, I, I was so focused. I was so focused on my career from like college until, until like 2012, like that, like just all in that it, I, 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 there was very little room for anything. Now, were you also having like sexual experiences or were you also kind of not doing that? No, Dahlia, I was, I was in my mid twenties in New York city <laughs> and I was not having sexual experiences. <laughs> Man, if I, if I, if Grindr was like a thing when I was in my 20s, that would have been great. Yeah, would have been great. Yeah. but I'm sure you did. You still did pretty well. Yeah. Did you like, go to like gay bars and stuff or did you meet like, people in person? Did I go to gay bars? Um, I feel like I didn't, I, I, I feel like I had less of a gay friend group until later on. Now I'm like, do I do anything that's not gay? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is like the more, the thing is like, I feel like I had more available straight friends at the time and we'd all hang out, right? You know, people weren't like married with kids and making bad decisions. So, um, but then you're like, oh, why are are gay people always like with their friends in their thirties and forties? It's like, cause those are the only people left. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I was going to get that. Not that much. Uh, and I was meeting people through whatever other online. Like, I think we like would like do like Craigslist hookups, and um, wow. I can't. I'm sure I met. And like, yeah, no, I would like meet people at like party. No, there are definitely people I would meet at like parties, and we'd like exchange numbers and go on like a shitty date. <laughs> <laughs> So you were not, you weren't like, you were never like, I have to meet my person by this time. I see this life. But you were just like, if I'm going to spend more than one day with a person, there has to be a purpose. Or were you not even that conscious about it? Were you just like, no, I didn't care. No. I woke up every morning and was like, I will be a writer on Broadway. Yeah. And that's all I thought about every day for like six years. Wow. Like yeah. Maniacally, like every minute of every hour. And I didn't give a fuck about anything else. Wow. Mm-hmm goals and then <laughs> and then it all how worked did you, out fine how did you meet larry on okcupid no i oh. literally can, should i tell the story yeah but you have to finish chewing first also can you speak up a little more in your nasal yeah. register because yeah. you're kind of falling back in your throat a little and i want everyone to hear everything voice and speech notes um <laughs> oh my god this is such a true story and it's so insane um I hadn't used Grindr. We had heard that a friend of ours husband, a straight guy, was on Grindr uh-huh. and was hooking up with people and they lived by me. And so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. So I downloaded Grindr to try to find him. I did not find him. However, I saw Larry oh my God. and like his photo. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm in love with you. And, and immediately, so, yeah, I never, I never once had a grinder hookup. Like I, I didn't like go on grinder. Like this is so, this sounds crazy to say now, but back then it was like early technologies of it. I think grinder was new. I mean, this is like nine, almost 10 years ago. And so, um, yeah, we, I asked him out on a date and we went on a date and that was it. And then I didn't have grinder anymore. So you went on the date and on the date, I remember you were like, this is my soulmate, right? I think that first date, I think so. It's like a little fuzzy now. I, I mean, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's dog got off the leash and ran up to our table because they were like my neighbors and um, that was memorable. And, oh, and and weirdly, um, Larry's college roommate 
because we were, we were like drinking outdoors at like a restaurant on like Amsterdam on the Upper West Side and his college roommate ran into him because he was going on a date at the bar next door. Oh my God. So I met like him who, you know, is someone we know now. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we didn't have sex until a few dates. But you just knew and then you deleted Grinder, and that was that. It wasn't even like a delete Grinder thing. Grinder wasn't like a... <sighs> it wasn't what it is. Yeah, like it wasn't like a conscious choice. Like I don't really remember to be honest. Like, and then you guys moved pretty quickly. Like we moved very quickly. He had just graduated from law school. So he was staying at his parents' apartment by my apartment for the summer while he was studying for the bar and was like in the process of getting an apartment. And my roommate who was um, a mood had just also gotten into a serious relationship and had basically moved out of our apartment and was living with her boyfriend. So Larry basically moved in with me after like a month in the sense that like he slept in my apartment every night and we lived in like my awesome apartment where my roommate would come in once every three weeks to grab some clothes for like 20 minutes wow. for an entire year. And then after that year, I kept the apartment for another year and, but Larry had just purchased an apartment. And so I kind of like lived there. And then after a year of that, then we moved, then I moved in. So we, I guess we, huh. So I guess I didn't move in. We didn't like officially live together until two years into our relationship. And then I remember the way that you kind of announced your engagement slash wedding was you were like, me and Larry decided to start planning a wedding. Yeah. And what a wedding it was. It was epic and I loved it so much. And I was so honored to stay in the Hampton oh, house with that you. That Golden Palace, that was so amazing. It was amazing. I did have like, we can say it, like I had one of the best weddings. You had an amazing wedding. I will say too, your wedding, I think that was like oh, was a year fun. before I met Matt. And it was, it kind of started me on the road of like, like obviously I was always trying to date and meet people, but I, I think it kind of, started the phase where I stopped seriously dating people if it didn't seem like it, it went into my like dating people for three months phase which was good because I was in a two year of dating people who were wrong for me phase and I went to three months where I was like oh I don't have to give this person more time and I really think it was kind of inspired by your wedding that's the thing that was so admirable about you with the oop guys was it was always like man she's riding she's riding this out till the bitter end <laughs> She's going to take that guy. She's going to keep going with that one. That's that's. I always wild. had to go up until I was really, really sure, even though I was probably sure from day one that it was not good. I Actually, just had to we, learn the lesson. I think I was collecting lessons. It was funny. We got back from my roommate that, that had moved out of my apartment's wedding, mm. which was a really fun wedding in Miami. And we got back and we were like sitting on the couch and Larry goes, let's make a guest list. And that's literally our engagement. I like, love and I said okay and then we just sent like a then we sent like a BCC like hey we're planning a wedding so I loved it interpret I that as it. what you want it to mean our parent, our parents were both so annoyed about it because it was so like cash yeah they were like what what are you saying I'm like we're planning a wedding <laughs> are you engaged we're like sure <laughs> <laughs> I loved, um, I had the luck because I was one of the few single people at your wedding of staying at the Hamptons house that you and Larry had rented with you during the wedding, whereas like mm -hmm. everyone else had to stay, you know. There are other single people there. There's only a few people's energies I wanted around me. Love it. But 
I had never seen, I kind of saw this very sweet dynamic between you and like, I always figured you're both really smart, like, you know, feisty, like, obviously you have this great chemistry and this click and you're each other's best friends and soulmates. But I saw there was one moment, I'm trying to remember it, where Larry was like, we're going to bed. And you were like, okay. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, like Tim is in love. And it was so sweet because you just wanted to be with him. And I feel like I saw this kind of like softer, sweeter side where it was just like, no one can tell Tim what to do except maybe this one man because Tim loves him so much and he's very smart and great. But it was just like seeing this kind of soft side to you that I was like, this is good. I love this. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. It was beautiful. (laughs) 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 Someone can tell Tim what to do. What a relief. Okay. Someone has to rein you in or you would just take over the world. Not that that would be a bad thing. So Tim casts a lot of spells. Is that what you would call them? No. You... I, I'm connected to the energy of the world. Okay. I just want... I Where wish are you going was, with this? I just want there to be a way for people to like do what you do and like have the confidence you have. But maybe it's just you know, pointless I don't journey. Know. Let's, 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 do, let's do listener questions. Okay, fine. I think it'll reveal itself. I want everyone to know, though, that I have requested that Tim do some sort of love spell. For who? For my listeners. Oh. mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to get you love, but I want it to be like, I'm going to help you, like, tune into this knowing self. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is kind of, you guys, I am not a Christian scientist. It's literally where my family dumped me on Mondays, but uh, on Sundays. But I will say, you know, and it's connected to kind of my um, witchcraft practice. But, you know, I think for everyone listening, we are one mind. And I think if you accept that, that we all are on the same wavelength together Mm. and that everyone wants the same thing, or at least we're all on this good positive wavelength, like it, it, it will come to you, you know? But you really like have to that. like, you have to really sit in some quietude to accept it and embrace it. I like that. I think that also comes from like how much you like yourself. Yeah. You do. You really love no, and like, like yourself. And it's so amazing. No, no. I wish that for everyone. <laughs> Everyone's 2021 goal should be to figure out how to give yourself no notes. Yes. Yeah. You don't need any notes. You're perfect. So I give myself notes every day. But yeah, but you should still think you're the best. You give yourself notes, but you also know that. Well, I'm best. always like, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're all welcome. You're welcome. You are. The thing is that you give yourself notes, but it's you giving yourself notes. Yeah. It's not notes from some other no, thing you think you should be. No, ma'am. Only you can give yourself notes and maybe Larry. Well, but Larry's someone I want to take notes from. Oh, wow. He's so, he's, that's an example. Of, I don't think you can change people, but you can improve them. Like Larry definitely made me raise my bar. Yes. I don't think you can change people's inner core of who they are. It has to have... 
yeah, the yeah. ability to change, but I think you can definitely affect someone's like day to day outer life. Oh, or I, I was extremely lazy before I met him. And then someone got to bear witness to that. And I had no choice, but to, uh, I've never thought about this, but honestly, that's what it is because then during you the, were lazy, then, really lazy, uh, lazy in the sense of, well, no, I'm so hard on myself. No, it's, it's not true. No, 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 it's fine. But it's valid what you're saying that a person that you really love and admire is going to naturally make you want to continually improve yourself. I'm not lazy. Larry does things immediately mm-hmm. he does not yeah. he, if it had done and i'm like yeah. we can't it's like how you post to instagram yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm like we can't marinate on that task and sit for and stare at the wall for two hours because i can stare into space for several hours a day like like when i sit like i mean there's the tv phone I, nothing i'm just like zoned out but i think that's why you're so good at life too is because you let yourself do that mm-hmm. Thanks. It's important to do. God, is this just a free compliment podcast? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, are we think, ready? I don't think anyone's getting any advice. We, oh, wow. I don't even remember where these questions came from. Mm. Okay, okay. I got it. So this is a three-part question. Came from a, I will say, cisgender male listener. Mm. He wrote to me and said, here's, wait for the three questions. One, what do you do if your date asks if you were expecting to have sex on the date? Two, also, what if they ask you if you've dated a lot? Three, also, what if they ask you when the last time you had sex was? On a physical second date and felt like all of these were trick questions with no good answers. Needless to say, I don't expect a third date. What do you think about this? I, all I saw was a NASCAR race with three red flags, but um, the first one was, what do you do if someone asks if you expect to have sex on the date? Mm-hmm. Well, I would be honest if you do expect to have, like, I mean. Let's if role goes, play. Let's role play. Okay. This, are we date. talking about straight people? We're talking about straight people. Okay. I I will. So I you're actually the... give way better advice for straight people. Gay people have had sex by now. Okay. <laughs> You're the dude. Yeah. You're the guy in this question. Okay. I'm the girl on the date. So do you expect to have sex on this date? Oh, wow. Um, Are you asking me that because you would like to have sex on this date? (laughs) I don't have sex on first dates. Oh, I thought this was a second date. Oh, wait. It was a second date. (laughs) Just kidding. Go back. Go back. Um, Back to one. Um, go okay, okay. Are you expecting to have sex on this date since it's our second date? I had such a lovely time with you on our first date, but you know, I mean, I'm not in a rush. But I mean, is that something you you would be liking to have happen today? Um, no. Well, I'm. Thank you. Thank you for being honest with me. Wow. <laughs> that's not I, is that stuff wouldn't happen straight people straight people wouldn't do that but i just got really turned on so i think they should <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and meanwhile i was like i was like i'm not passing <laughs> <laughs> i think it was great i mean if 
straight cis <laughs> dudes. These people, these people should not be bringing more children into the world. I hate That's all of these people. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to keep happening. Okay, let's go to the next question. But if they didn't, I wouldn't have a reason to have an advice podcast. Listen, so. we I think we gave as good a shot at answering that question as possible. But, this but then, wait, to back it up. Okay. okay. And then if they've asked you, you've dated a lot. And if they ask you when the last time I had sex was. My question on this question is like, mean? what was this person after? What was she doing? That's an annoying question. I mean, what I really think it is, because I... This is something I caution people against so much is when you're on a date, do not talk about dating. Mm. Do not talk about sex. Do not talk about the people you've dated in the past. There's no reason for this conversation. People do it when they have nothing else to say. You can come up with something else to say. Like there's no reason to ask these kind of, also don't ask, what are you looking for? Like no one is looking for anything. We're all just here to see if we like each other and if we want to have sex. And if we do, and we want to see the person again, we will. But like those conversations of words will get you absolutely nowhere. You will find out so much more about the person if you just have a normal conversation, asking about their life, their dreams, their childhood, whatever, having a good time, than by asking these very head-on, ineffective questions. I think the best answer to what are you looking for is, I'll know when I find it. Yeah. Or I'm not looking for anything until it finds me. Like, you know, I think the idea that you can be like, I'm looking for this and nothing else is is you're really limiting yourself. And if you're looking for someone else to say that, like guys will almost never say that. And if they do, they're lying because they don't they're not looking for that. They're looking for the right person mm. and they're just trying to see if you're that person. Mm. So I'm just like, stay away from all of these questions. They're boring my guess is this girl was nervous and it was like, mm. these were the questions in her mind. So they just like came out of her mouth, but I'm telling you just like redirect. Oof, good, good. And I think, I don't know how he handled it. My guess is he was pretty awkward about it, but I think he could answer honestly and be like, why are you asking me these questions? Do you have, do you have other things you actually want to know? Is there a way we could get to know each other better? Wow. Could you What's imagine, your... could you imagine if someone actually did that? I mean, I it would, would be, be so, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. like, what's your real fear behind these questions? Whoa. Yeah. You know? And then they turn into <laughs> dust. <laughs> that would be great. Just shoot it down. Okay, great. I mean, I don't think, do you think this, like, he should be, he should be like, okay, because of these questions, I'm never going out with this girl again? Yeah, I think just the chemistry between them is a pass. Yeah. If she's asking it. Also, he sounds he sounds potentially great for questioning how weird this is. So I go find someone better. Yeah, find someone better who can just like let things unfold. Nobody ever asks any questions like that. Okay. No. Now I have a very long one. Are you ready for it? Here we go. I have known this girl for 30 plus years since kindergarten, and we have always been friends. She has, oh, wow, I have a lot of boy questions today. She has always thought of me as friend-family dynamic, and I have had a crush on her throughout our childhood. Fast forward to last year, she was in a terrible breakup, and I helped her get through it by supporting her. She went back to her country, and we kept in contact for the past year. I don't know. We are thinking about moving in together when she comes back next February, but last, but two months ago, I told her how I felt and she got all defensive about it by saying that we're just friends. And if we're moving in together, she doesn't want me to think things will go intimate. That was a red flag for me. 
But last week she told me she was talking to a guy for the past year and it caught me off guard. I was heartbroken and she knew that. She kept on calling me to see how I was doing and I just played it off like nothing was wrong. Truth be told, I don't think I can be friends with her if she can't see me as anything more. Am I a bad person for thinking that way? But I'm scared to tell her that because I love her deeply as a friend and something more. It's a hard choice. Do you want my take on this? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, this is easy. This is go so ahead. easy. Yeah. Uh, what's it's like it's at the same time you make the moment it's like an easy decision you have to do what's best for you you have to do what's best for her what's best for her is to honor her wishes what's best for you is to never see her again right. cut ties move on the big old beautiful world out there when the masks are off there will be great new opportunities this that's is what not, I there's nothing here for you sir do you think they can stay friends what's the point that's what i want to know I think you need uh, separation and you need to go on your own journeys and you had some reconnection post kindergarten and you can maybe meet uh, when she's going through menopause and have a nice Nancy Myers moment. You know, That's this nice. is not, this is not, this is not your thirties, forties experience. That's I agree. And I think whenever people move in thinking, cause I, I have another, I know someone else who, really into their friend and was planning on moving in with them. And I was like, why would you put yourself into this situation? Either, yes, it's creepy and you're hoping to get them when they're vulnerable and they're drunk or sad or whatever, and you can sneak in there, or you're just setting yourself up for disaster and disappointment. It's not going to end well. Stop worrying where you're going. Move on. I love it. You're so beautiful. Thank you. It's true. Um, I think that was a good answer. I think this person needs to just be like, this is sad. I like this girl, but I need to move on and meet real people. And I also don't need to bring this kind of drama into my living situation. No. Also, like to be clear, like I'm recognizing that this sucks. Yeah. This, this sucks. sucks. This sucks. But, but this sucking and you making a decision are two separate things. Yes. Go exactly. to yoga. Yeah. And also... You might be like, I can do it. I can handle it. Maybe this will be good exposure therapy. And I'm here to tell you it won't. And you can't. So don't put yourself in that situation. Nope. This is about being kinder to yourself. Yes. Can't Cinema ask. has taught us this is not going to go well. <laughs> it's true. We can learn some things. Uh, this is simple, easy, interested in your take. How late can someone be to a first date? Oh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, honey. <laughs> Uh, uh. It, uh, uh, mm, okay, are we are we are we doing pre-COVID rules? Let's do both. Pre-COVID. You can speak for LA time-wise. Okay. But for me, you better be on time. Five minutes late. If you are going to be more than five minutes late, five to ten minutes before the date, you needed to text that your subway is running delayed. If you are fifteen minutes late. That is disgusting. <laughs> I do not respect you professionally or personally. If you are 20 minutes late, you are a joke of a human. That's New York City, baby. You can take LA. In LA, I would say 15 minutes late is well, the absolute, absolute maximum. There is traffic, but also you know there's traffic. So it's never an excuse to be like, there was traffic. Like, you know there's traffic. And you need to show someone that you're prioritizing them. If you're going to be late, you text right away. And you never, ever, 
ever let it happen again. Now, I got a little more information on this question. The person was, I think, 15 and then was like, I'm almost there. And then was like 20 and then was like, I'm really parking. And then it was like 2530. Oh, this person does not respect you. They don't respect you. My only caveat to this is, and it's, you know, you might disagree with me, but I have a, a general theory that if you meet online, but you haven't met, met yet, mm-hmm. the person doesn't yet owe you anything because they don't yet know to be obsessed with you. They don't know how much they like you. So they should still be respectful of anyone they meet and they should not make it a practice to be late. But can we really take it personally? Like you don't respect me if you're 10, 15 minutes late, if you've never met me. Once you've met me, I expect you to be obsessed with me and be early. But I just don't operate in any world where I accept people to be late for things. That's true. You're very tough. Um, you can't be late to my rehearsals. You can't be late to my appointments. You know what I mean? So, What about social obligations? If you had people I, over for dinner for 7 o'clock and they no, came it's so at 7.15. I, I threw my friend, and, th- and she's not with him anymore, but I threw her... Um, I cook, we cooked like um, a huge dinner for like 10 people. Everyone was there, couples, like people got sitters. And he came like an hour late. Ooh. And it may have been her, no, I think she, she was trying to apologize, but like she communicated what was going on. And it was, no bueno. And then it turned out he was a, uh-huh, supporter. So, oh, no. yeah. I mean, I do think, I do think in the world of online dating, I give people a little bit more of a pass on the first date only because, and not, not just on the first date, but also when it comes to like, he hasn't responded to my message for a while or like, it's taking him a while to ask me out because I'm like, people have been disappointed and hurt so many times that they put up a lot of walls and that's not an excuse, but like in a way, I think sometimes being late is like a defense mechanism. It's almost like you can't hurt me because I I hurt you. I was late. Like I reject you before you can reject me kind of thing. Or same thing where I get a lot of complaints about on these virtual dates, the guy's not dressing nicely when the girls put the effort in or whatever, that I'm like, in a way, it's a way of rejecting themselves before the, you can reject them. It's a way of protecting themselves by not putting in all the effort. This is making me so stressed out. I'm sorry. I know. I feel so bad. I'm so glad this period is behind me. Um, and I think I need to send all my single friends a gift. Oh. Because I hate this. I know. It's really, it's really hard. I really do believe it's about to get a lot better. Well, listen, I have, there's a lot of people getting divorced. So the pool is going to fill up again. Guys. Pool's going to fill up. And I just think people have really realized what's important and that they want connection and that it's fun to have a raging social life, but it's also good to know you have someone at home for when things get hard. That's what I'm hoping that people will realize. Although I do think it's going to be kind of a sex free for all starting at the beginning. Are you talking about when we get out of this? Yeah. Oh, it is going to be bacchanal. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be i mean i'm a little jealous quite frankly the sti rate is going to skyrocket it's gonna skyrocket so unless it's protection. gone down because of the pandemic yes everyone everyone should use protection 
Do you think that after this whole mask fiasco, people will take condoms more seriously? Not in the gay community. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. People I think I think coke. I think in the gay community they may take them condoms even less serious. I, Re- I don't know. I don't know that many gay people that use condoms. Really? Oh, well, condoms are terrible. We really just need. I don't know what we need. I was going to say we need male birth control, but that wouldn't really help with the gay community. I, it's funny. Like, I don't even like mind condoms. They're just like never really around. But then once you stop using them, then you're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Can I tell a funny story? Yeah, go. I have a friend, I have a doctor friend and we were all sharing a house in Fire Island a couple summers ago. And he was, um, I think like a couple like invited him over to like have sex on Grindr or something. And and he said, you know, he plays safe. And they were like, oh, I'm sure you can find someone on the island who does that. Oof. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. That's not good. That's no, not good. I know someone who's come out recently in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And he's had so many STIs. Poor guy. This is like his intro to the world. Is he a bottom? He must be. I think bottoms have more STIs. Is that true? I I think so. I'm not sure. What can we do? Nothing. I don't know. I mean, at least there's medication for everything these days, right? Yeah, you just get a shot in the butt. Yeah, get a shot in the butt. Um, Okay, I'm going to try and read this. I'm going to try and try and read this without identifying anyone. Okay. This person had attended an event that they would not have normally attended based on my advice. They were like, I'm going to do something different. This is back when the world was open. So okay. This- I was like, what are you? Telling no, no, no. <laughs> this was, this question is from a while ago, right. earlier in the year before things, you know, okay. Attended an event. They wouldn't have normally go gone to, but they were trying to expand their, you know, network reach. Then they went to a bar afterwards with people they met at the event. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a result of that one night going out of their comfort zone, they were asked out by two young, attractive men. And they're still spending time with both. I won't name the careers because I don't want to identify, but they're interesting careers. And one older, unattractive man. (laughs) Unattractive man. And she meant to go out with him as a test. Good. Uh, But never heard from him. And also he made some comments she didn't like. Okay. Also made two new friends. Great. A week after the night out, their ex from last year contacted her and they started seeing each other again. And one attractive platonic friend started flirting with her. Wow, this is a lot going on. Are she's you, exhausting. She's exhausting. So she was just taking things day by day. Great. Is there a question here? Yeah. Uh, Hold on. Did you vet these before you threw them at me? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in school. I'm busy. Okay. Well, anyways, this person had always identified as an older woman archetype. And she wants to know because she keeps attracting younger men. And she wants to know if that's true or if there's just more younger men on the market. And that's why. That's what she wants to know. You know, I think we uh, create fantasies based on the stories we're told. Ah, yes. And um, I've been watching that horny ballet show, Tiny Pretty Things on Netflix. Ooh, did not know about that. Absolute trash. However, (laughs) 
<laughs> there I sit because I can only watch The Crown so many times. And um, and and last night on the episode, the 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 head of the ballet school, this older sexy lady, uh, I found out she's sleeping with one of the. I, this kid, how old is this kid? Seventeen. And you're watching this like eighteen, probably eighteen year old. Like I don't. He he must be eighteen on the show, right? I'm sure he's twenty five. And uh, in real life, and you know, he like goes into her office and they like do it. And I'm like, well, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> but think about me. I've always dated younger. Yes, but how how much younger? Seven years. Two, I had two my friends in a row who were seven years younger than me, which okay. is a lot. I was 30 at the time, had 20. Oh, well, that's insane. Yeah, that's. But we but we kept our mouths shut because we thought, let her live her life. <laughs> and they're hot. She's 30. They're 23. They look like they're, they're hot. Gay for pay. Let her do it. That's right. That's true. Um, and my current husband, my current husband is um, four and a half, four years younger than me. Really? Yeah. Oh, but you know, he seems older than you. I know. He really does. He's definitely the older one He's in the relationship. He's a much more serious person. So. Much more serious. He goes to bed at 11. I stay up till 2. Wow. Do you know what time I go to bed? What time? What time do you think Larry and I go to bed every night? On average. On, well, I and feel like you're a- always the average is weird between, hours. Oh, because I respond to things at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, I just do that. I do. It's called Fortnite. I'm usually active around 3 a.m. for an hour. Oh. I, I, I have night hours, so I wake up and oh. get out of it. But yeah, no, we go to bed at like 9.45 consistently. That's crazy. <laughs> I haven't gone to bed at night thirty since lawyer. I was in yeah. second grade. But let me tell you something. What are you achieving past nine forty-five p.m.? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So once you start no, but bed and you, you know wake up and have a day, no, Matt no. identified it for me. I forget what it's called, but there is a term for it. Where what it is is when you're busy and working all day and spending and doing everything with other people all day. You like it's this need that you have to have some time that is just your own that no one is telling you what to do and you're not on a schedule so i think that's it's like time where i just get to be completely useless it is so beautiful that matt loves you so much that he's (laughs) gonna like find a narrative to fit your behavior (laughs) god he's so good for you He's so good for me. I and disagree. I only do I this- disagree with that. I think you're wasting time, but yeah. You are, but I, I'm only, honestly, I'm only doing this schedule while I have yeah, a break yeah. from school. It's a pandemic, do what you want, you know. And when I, I'm in listen, school, I'm in bed with him. I have two careers, and often uh, there's nothing I can achieve in either of them past 9.45 p.m., so I power down, and then I wake up early because I have to work out, walk the dog, do 5,000 different things, you know, and then have yeah, a full day. And also, like, there's usually- a lovely section of my morning where shit hits the fan and I'm stressed out for the rest of the day and then and then I have to be, get stoned around six. So, you know, it's like a cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you balance. I think everyone needs a couple hours of the day where they're not doing anything with a purpose. Yeah, seven to nine. Where they're like staring at the wall or reading articles or like watching Summer House like I do. Mm, I've never seen that. Oh, my it? God. I wake up, yeah, I wake up and I walk the dog and I have four cups of black coffee. Well, four mugs. So I have about six cups of black coffee while I watch Morning Joe every day. That would give me so much anxiety. Oh, no, Morning Joe's funny. It's like a funny. No, 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 the coffee. Oh, no, no, I don't drink it for the rest of the day. You You drink six cups in the morning? Yeah. 
If I drink more than one cup, if I look at more than one cup, I have anxiety for the rest of the day. I mean, an actual, like in the pot of coffee, the whole pot's oh. 12. I have six, I have half the oh, pot of coffee. I have I half see. a pot of black coffee. I have an espresso, so I just make one and then I drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thought of more. Anyways, anyways, back to this woman's non-question. Um, I just want to say... What One, is she asking? She's asking, like, she still wants to, like, nail down her story. Like you were saying, like, is it that I'm more attracted to younger guys, younger guys more attracted to me, or there's more younger guys in the world? And I'm like, who cares? Mm. Do what you want. I get, this is the first thing I do with most of my clients is start undoing the story they've created for themselves. Wow. As, I said as, that. I just said that. You said that. And I was kind of being flippant. No, but it's true. As And as, you know, performers and creative people, it's very tempting. It's very fun to create a story out of your dating life because it seems like waste of time, chaos, disappointment, rejection. So, like, what do I get out of it? I get a story. And for that reason, to talk to your friends, that's fine. But if you keep telling yourself that story, you will start to prove the story true. Mm. And just so you can go talk to your friends about it. Like, I don't let my clients spend time with me venting. I'm like, you do that with your friends. But when it actually comes to thinking about your dating life, you're creating a negative feedback loop and you're wanting to create this story that you're then proving true. And you need to start undoing that. Oh, see, this is why you are the guru of this. That's (laughs) amazing. Can I ask you then? Would you advise this person in theory, if we were in a pandemic, I think they should pursue each single one of these people as thoroughly as possible and figure out what's making each thing tick. Cause maybe that like older unattractive guy is actually the best lover or the person mm-hmm. that fulfills you. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I mean, guys aren't giving you that good. I'm all in support of older women, younger guys. I've seen it work out very well. I like a lot. I think it's not present enough in society. And I think it should be more present because I actually think it biologically works really, really well in terms of where they are in their lives and how they communicate. Um, But, but in general, I would tell this person again, she's writing it like a story. She's like, and this was this character and that was that character. If you want to write a story about your dating life, be my guest, but then leave it on the page. Like don't use it to kind of dictate your moves or like tell you how to live your dating life. Like each person is just a person and an experience that you can learn something from and you have to be present in it to actually achieve what you're looking to achieve. You have to be present in it. You can't be viewing it from the outside and trying to figure out, oh, is it younger guys because this? Is it older guys because that? It's like, it doesn't matter. Just look at the people, the people and how you feel when you're with them and how they treat you. That's all that matters. We don't really care about the story until you're going to like turn it into a novel. You can write it as a novel, but then again, like leave it on your computer and go back to your life. Did I answer the question? Oh yeah. Okay, great. Um, I have friends coming to our patio, so I think I think we did a great job. Great. Do you have anything else you want to add for... Um, I know we can't all be like you, but like... I wanted to answer something really hard. I wanted there to be like a really challenging reader question. They were like annoying. We already also answered a different question that I had, but that was someone asking what to do about her friend who, had, who was going to move in with her boyfriend that she really didn't like. We answered that. You can't break people up. I'm sorry, none of it was that hard. No, I'll let you know fine. when I get some harder ones. Yeah, no. Do I have any advice? I, I Listen, you know, kind of tagging off of this last question, 
where there's all these people, I should hope in this past year where we've had to like really figure some stuff out, like life is short, man. Like what is your gut telling you? Mm. How can people get more in touch with their gut slash intuition if they want to? Because I was never very good at that. You know, I think you have to figure out how to get to a base level of silence where you can only hear your true self. And that might mean an elimination diet to get there. And then you can start adding how? Like, what are you eliminating? I think you're going to have to start eliminating like social media triggers Oh, you know, I have people who are like, oh, the, I, I don't go on Instagram because I don't, because, because like, I'll, I'll feel bad. Great. Don't go on it. But also like you, at any moment, you can mute anybody, you know, mm-hmm. follow mute, unfollow mute, unfollow mute, unfollow mute until you're seeing the version of the world that makes you happy. So it's like, what can you do to eliminate any kind of thing that gets you off of like your internal positive clock path? So you yeah. can like do it yeah i love that matt always calls it he calls it woods and shoulds he says Mm. that i'm doing woods and shoulds when i'm like well i should be doing this or like i get upset about where i am or what i'm doing based on what other people are doing or what i think i should be doing and he's just like that's not helpful and i do think yes social media is a huge culprit for that and it can really throw you off of what you genuinely want if all you're thinking about is what other people are doing and I I think what you do of like sitting and staring is really important and just like listening to yourself and having those moments in the day where you don't have to do anything for anyone else and you're just kind of answering what you want to be doing at any given moment yes that's true do what you want and I think it's actually so tangled with your professional and life ambition it's all the same you Mm. know what I mean and I think the love stuff for me that like went right was also because I did a lot of work on myself like mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I learned a lot about my professional stuff yeah lessons and what I won't tell well and I think that's true like what you do in your work life probably does very closely mirror what you do in your dating life and I'm not sure that's always a good thing like some people are like I'm this boss in my work life I don't want to be that in my dating life and then I'm like then you have to consciously not do that in your dating life you have to not treat your dating life the same as your job you have to approach it differently Totally. I think I meant like the way I'm able to make like decisions. Yes. I can do that in both. Like I do that that's in you. all the, yeah. You're like, a, this is like talking to a prodigy about how to play Sorry. piano. It doesn't work. <laughs> but we all want to know like some general how to be more like you. Do you know what I do? Like when I make a decision, like I felt this, I went like this. Like What are you doing? I can't see your body. My, oh, I'm pointing at my stomach. I okay. like, the, there's like, the pole, right? Yes or no? I didn't. I didn't enter this area. I just immediately went here. And was it yes it went or no? To your stomach. Yes or yeah. no? Yeah. And then okay. the gut was said yes or no, and that was my decision. There was I no moment that. of me being like, "Well, if this happens, or if this happens, or if that happens, or it's just like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what do I know to be true? Yeah. Because if you assume something, mm. it's it's always it's always true. If you what? I kind of say like, if you assume something, it's usually true. That is interesting. Yeah, I think when I get a lot of these questions of like, this guy did this and this and this, what should I do? And I'm like, if you're asking me the question, not that I don't want you to ask the question, but I really kind of believe when it's the right person or people, you don't have those questions, you know. And so if you're asking the question, that's you knowing, but you're trying to get permission to know by asking the question. Mm -hmm. You know. I love that. Yeah, I love it. We love it. 
Um, what are you gonna? What gift are you gonna get for your single friends now? Oh, you know, I probably won't because I always forget to give people gifts. But you know, like <laughs> uh, I'll buy them like a drink the next time I see them. Yeah, I think you're just a really good listener, and it's a gift to everybody. Yeah, and yeah, you're good at, you. at helping people. You think I'm a good listener? I've talked over you most of this podcast. I think you're a great listener. Okay. You know what? Maybe it is that you're just moving faster than I am. <laughs> it's really gay i get it which is pretty true of you but i no, i think you're a beautiful listener and i think okay do you have to come time to feed (laughs) oh my god go answer to your dog the only other man in your life who you answer to and i think you're a beautiful man and jesus really are you into jesus (laughs) he's you're a witch you can't be into jesus I'm into I'm into the moon and the tide. Will you next time you're tuning into the universe, just like think of our single I'm listeners? Into the universe right now. Okay. Will you think of our single listeners who don't wish to be single, who are looking for that kind of grounded um, decision making power and intention, and just send them a little thought? Yeah, they're they're already there. Great, you're already there. Done. It's done for 2021. This was a good New Year's episode. I didn't even think about that. You're welcome. You're welcome. All the best. We love you. I love you, Timmy. I love you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for singing. Thanks for granting us with your presence. Should I sing us out? Yes. Don't worry. Oh, I already forgot the lyrics. So whatever. It's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> the point was there. We got it. We got the message. I love you so much. Say hi to Larry for me. I will. Do I just click leave now we're out? Yeah, you can just leave. I love it. Bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. I'm going to point out that even though Tim Drucker is amazing and knew right away who his soulmate was and didn't waste a single second with anyone who wasn't, I don't recommend that for most of you. And also, I want to point out that even though that was the case, it still took them about two years to officially move in together. It took them a while to get married. They didn't have this set idea of benchmarks that they needed to hit together. They didn't have an idea of what each other was. They gave themselves time to get information. They knew each other's families. They met each other's friends. They lived life in multiple different environments. Um with each other, like when, you know, Larry was in school or Tim was directing something, they got information. So whether you're someone who knows right away or not, you are always someone who needs to get a lot of information before making very final decisions. And of course, if you do make those decisions and they were wrong, like mine so often were, you can always get out of it. And your good friends will always support you to do both. But I just want to point out that more information, seeing the person in different contexts and really getting to know them in the world, regardless of that immediate spark or that immediate knowledge that they're the one for you is always going to be helpful for you when you are making your decisions. If you have questions you would like us to answer on the podcast, you can send them to Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram or Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. I cannot say thank you enough to the amazing Tim Drucker for joining me. And I can't stress enough how you have to follow him on Instagram if you want your life to be exponentially better and more entertaining. 
Tdrux, that's T-D-R-U-C-K-S, as in Sam, Tdrux on Instagram. He is hilarious and wonderful and amazing. Thank you, Timmy. He will definitely be back. So if you want his take on things, send us your questions. And thank you to Melissa Gruen, Josiah Thorngate, for what I'm sure will be a wonderful time editing this episode. Christine Bartolucci, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. (laughs) 